a lot of people may find this podcast extremely interesting. So how can they get involved? How can they get engaged uh, with finding the Flint efforts? Well, the first step is to find it. You know, we started <laughs> calling the project Finding the Flint because we literally had to go pull over on the side of the road and look yeah. under bridges to, and look inside of storm drains. Welcome to the Aero ATL podcast. I am Shannon James, your president and CEO of the Aerotropolis Atlanta Alliance. And we are fortunate to have one of my good friends in the office today. I'm so excited about our esteemed guest, Miss Hannah Palmer. Hannah, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. You know I was going to have you on this show, right? We can't host and talk about Aerotropolis without having Hannah Palmer in I've here. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both have, right? So the feeling is so mutual. So for so Hannah, I know a lot about you, right? We, we spend a lot of time together. We're talking. We're communicating. For our listeners who may not know a lot about Hannah Palmer, help help them understand about you know yourself, you know your background, uh, you know your career history a little bit, and how you got into the role that you're now representing this huge initiative in finding the Flint. Thanks. This this is definitely a dream job for me to be working on finding the Flint with the Aerotropolis Alliance and. Part of that is because of my background. Mm. I grew up in Forest Park. So oh, nice. I grew up in the Aerotropolis. Aero ATL native. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Born and raised um, from Clayton County. So mm -hmm. um, it's exciting to be part of shaping the future of a place that means a lot to me. That's right. Um, I, I'm i a writer. My background mm. is as a uh, researcher and a writer. Wow. And uh, some of my research came together when I was in grad school. I ended up writing about the airport's growth and development and how that affected Southside communities. Mm. Um, a lot of negative impacts, a lot of people mm -hmm. displaced, but also the jobs coming in, the money coming in. It just changed uh, what, what were small towns right. into an aerotropolis. Very true. So my book, Flight Path, was published in 2017, mm -hmm. and that completely changed my life. It opened up a lot of opportunities for me to do more research and writing and thinking about how airports work, not mm. just in Atlanta, but mm. around the world. That's right. So I worked for several years for a big design firm and uh, worked in urban design and planning mm. and actually worked on Aerotropolis projects as far away as like Istanbul. Ah, yes. Yep. I didn't know and that. Yes. Learned so Atlanta's not the only airport that I've been studying. Nice. Um, after the book came out, I was approached by some nonprofit environmental organizations, mm. the American Rivers and the Conservation Fund, mm. along with the ARC, approached me about thinking about the Flint headwaters how could we restore them, help bring them back to life? Um, these are tiny little creeks that run in and around and underneath the Atlanta airport. Mm. Nobody knows they're there, but the Flint River is actually piped for almost two miles underneath the Atlanta airport. Mm. You'd think somebody from Clinton County would already know that, know that this important <laughs> river, Georgia's Flint River, starts near the airport. But it was all news to me, and I found it just totally fascinating, like mm -hmm. finding a buried treasure in oh, my own it. backyard. Oh, it's the truth. And, and now I'm part of like bringing together both sort of a grassroots movement around reclaiming these uh, lost creeks and then also working with the Aerotropolis, the top-down approach, getting the, the deltas and the mm -hmm. Porsches and the airport itself mm -hmm. to start to uh, take an active role as being stewards of these creeks and rivers. Oh, it's important. You know, it's funny. I'm from Albany, Georgia. Uh, so mm -hmm. the Flint River is huge uh, in that area uh, of southwest Georgia. And so when I heard about you know, the Flint River flowing under Hartsville Jackson. I was pretty shocked myself. Mm -hmm. And so for our listeners who may not be as familiar, and we'll come back to uh, your book as well, but 
for our listeners, I guess we're we're hitting the surface about finding the flint. Let's go down a little bit more in detail about you know the reason why it organized, mm-hmm. uh, you know its mission, some of its objectives. What's the the foundation of uh, this initiative for finding the flint? That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to say, I had pretty much only heard of the Flint River as because of the flooding in Albany yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. I had no idea it started in, you know, East Point and flows all the way across the state, all the way to Florida. Mm. Uh, the Flint River is Georgia's second longest river. The first is the Chattahoochee. Oh. And the Chattahoochee and the Flint actually joined together at the Florida State border to form the Apalachicola. Okay. And I tell you this whole geography lesson because the that forms the ACF River Basin, which mm. you might have heard of because mm-hmm. of the Supreme Court's water wars. Absolutely. So for decades, um, Alabama, Florida, Georgia have been involved in the Supreme Court-level litigation about water resources and mm-hmm. water usage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you think about as recently as 2007, the city of Atlanta's water reservoirs, the droughts that affected the whole state. Absolutely. That's why these environmental organizations have gotten involved about how can we be proactive about supporting a healthy river for all of us. That's right. I mean, the farmers and the, you know, in South Georgia depend on the Flint River. Absolutely. But also it's a drinking water source for mm-hmm. Clayton County, Fayette County, Coweta County. It's, it's an important resource for so many farms and families. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about like saving the fish and the wildlife, though that's a really exciting part of the project too. Of course. It's about like a water resource that the whole region depends on. And here we are sitting right at the headwaters and we have a massive airport on top of it. Wow. So that's kind of where the urgency came from. Mm-hmm. Um, these environmental organizations working with the ARC to see what can we do that's positive and proactive to try to um, restore these creeks and rivers. And for us, part of that question was like, how do you make people care about this river if they right. can't even see it? Right. They don't right. know it's there. Um, there's no physical access to the river, obviously, because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. in tunnels. It's underneath an airport. Yeah, but I've witnessed it personally. Not, you've seen it now. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, thanks to you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you remember that trip. Yes, uh, I had the pleasure of taking <laughs> Shannon James along with a number of uh, airport area stakeholders on a mm-hmm. hike to visit the headwaters of the Flint River mm-hmm. inside the fence. Believe it or not, there's a daylighted stretch of the river mm-hmm. right near the fifth runway, mm-hmm. and it looks like a nature preserve. It's right. kind of unbelievable. There's these boulders and it's rapids, crazy. and this is inside the world's busiest airport. And, and I'm sure most of our listeners have no idea, uh, because I literally had no idea that that even existed. And when we took that tour, I mean, I was just amazed by its beauty uh, and also its potential. And I think through this effort, uh, more of our... Uh, Aerotropolians uh, will understand just how valuable that natural resource is, uh, not only just to as a resource, but also uh, as an asset uh, mm-hmm. to our market. So you mentioned a few uh, of the organizations who, uh, like the Conservation Fund, uh, some mm-hmm. of the organizations who were early adopters to this uh, proactive approach. Uh, allow our listeners to understand just how engaged now the effort is and Mm -hmm. who's all involved because there are, you know, like the last meeting we had, it was a full room. I was on the phone, but I could hear everyone uh, and it seemed extremely engaging. So some of our listeners to understand who's all at the table now. 
It's a big table. That, oh, yeah. that last meeting we had was hosted by Hartsville-Jackson. Mm-hmm. So the airport is obviously an early adopter and absolutely a leader absolutely. on this project. Um, in that room, we had representatives from all the little cities and um, Fulton County and Clayton County. Mm-hmm. So lots of city engagement, um, Hapeville, College Park, East Point, Forest Park, Riverdale, mm-hmm. all around the airport. But also as exciting is the private and corporate partners who are at the table. Woodward Academy has Absolutely. been an early supporter. Big their, champions. Their campus is really right on top of the headwaters, too. They see mm. the opportunity to you know, beautify edges of their campus, but also educate their students and connect their community with the local community. Mm-hmm. Delta Airlines has taken the lead. There is a segment of the river that's on their campus. Wow. And it really looks like a ditch at this point. Mm-hmm. It's sort of an eyesore on their campus. And when we started talking to them about the potential for restoration, mm-hmm. um, their sustainability team really um, saw the vision as part of their own vision for campus beautification, taking care of their employees, engaging the community, mm. and then just thinking long-term about the health of aviation and that pipeline of new pilots That's and like, right. the people that they want to recruit and attract to mm-hmm. Delta. So Delta is taking the lead on a project on their campus, which mm-hmm. is a huge That's win. That's huge, Hannah, huge. I know. It's a game changer. <laughs> and it's still too early to celebrate, but I am celebrating quite a bit that they see the value and that they're kind of taking the lead on mm-hmm. getting that done. Um, the Clayton County Water Authority, mm-hmm. as well as the other water authorities downstream, mm-hmm. you better believe they're at the table. Mm-hmm. This is their water supply. Absolutely. And they want to see improvements that... Um, you know, we'll serve their customers. I'm always excited when we have a working group meeting and there's 40 people in the room and it's a range of uh, business leaders, mm-hmm. um, elected officials and community members whose right. backyards um, are right on these creeks and rivers mm-hmm. and the community organizations and nonprofits like uh, Metro Atlanta Urban Farm, mm-hmm. an organic farm in College Park that are taking the lead as well. That's right. So I'm, I'm always like, I feel like a party planner. I try to get the mix <laughs> right so that people start um, getting to know each other and getting to talk to each other about their ideas. There's a lot of potential. You (laughs) have a similar job. I know the feeling. And so, but you've, you know, orchestrated a a very nice public-private engagement, right? And so our organization speaks directly to that whole Mm public-private partnership. And so the moment you're able to get cities engaged and you've gotten, you know, corporations like Delta and, you know, uh, even the smallest of the organizations to be at the table, uh, I think it speaks volumes to uh, not only you, but everyone around this effort. Right. Because now uh, we're elevating an opportunity where uh, it is becoming more of a top priority. Mm -hmm. And so when it becomes a top priority, then everyone gets you know, to the table and start pulling forward, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why we wanted to, as an organization, get behind and continue to push forward as well because uh, this is a great opportunity for our area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to now continue to create an identity for ourselves, right? right. Because this is this is visioning here. And so when you've gotten vision at the table, we get excited. I'm just going to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so when you've got Hannah Palmer pushing it forward, uh, then trust me, we've got two pom-poms running behind you, okay? So, but this is... What I love to do is kind of transition, right? Because we've kind of talked about the airport area and the finding the Flint efforts. Uh, let's talk about some of the steps that have been taken uh, to get us to this point, right? Because, you know, now we've partnered up and so we're figuring out how to better leverage the, the market and, and, and our partners. So mm-hmm. help our listeners understand what, what has taken place to this point to now it's elevated as a top priority for this region. 
Sure. Uh, it's been an exciting journey at mm-hmm. just my involvement. And I'm learning a lot. I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. Built a movement. You know, it's not <laughs> o- something. Most OJT. People, <laughs> not a lot of people get the opportunity to do this. So I, the process, I've been really curious um, how it's come together. But I think the, the foundation is a couple of things. Some early research and reporting that American Rivers did, mm. where they got all the water utilities talking about the health of the river, how it's mm. been running dry. And they published a report in like 2013 called Running Dry. Oh, wow. And it was really kind of sounded the alarm about um, the Flint River as a resource not, you know, being in peril. Right. And then at the same time, we have the Aerotropolis Alliance coming mm. together and the blueprint for mm-hmm. the future of the airport area that really put out a bold vision that um, the airport as a destination, Absolutely. as the hub of a healthy community. And those two things kind of come together in Finding the Flint. And I'd like to say that Finding the Flint is complementary to the Aerotropolis's blueprint, which Absolutely. sets out this economic development sort of um, vision. Mm-hmm. And then we have Finding the Flint that is like, there's a river that ties all these pieces together. That's right. And it could be sort of a vision for community development. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. where the river touches Delta, it does one thing. Where it touches the airport, it's another. But it also touches all the, these people, mm-hmm. their backyards. So it gets down to that detail of like quality of life. Oh, you're parks now you're and talking. trails. You Give me, me goosebumps talking? over here, yeah. Hannah. I'm serious yeah. because that you know coalesced with our Greenway plan and mm-hmm. and how that immediate area and it correlates with finding the flint and that 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 may be another discussion for another podcast. another podcast right right the greenway planning so we'll have you back for that uh, but today i wanted to make sure we focused on finding the flint right so with finding the flint you mentioned you know all of all of the efforts and the research and the, and the studies that have been done to kind of mm-hmm. get us to this point right mm-hmm. and so a lot of people may find this podcast extremely interesting so how can they get involved? How can they get engaged uh, with finding the Flint efforts? Well, the first step is to find it. You know, we started <laughs> calling the project Finding the Flint because we literally had to go pull over on the side of the road and look yeah. under bridges to, and look inside of storm drains mm. to even understand where is the river. We had an early stakeholder said, uh, allegedly, that's the Flint River. <laughs> so we had, <laughs> Quote, to do, we had to build all this research and maps and a tour. We've created a tour that we take community members on where we can get out and find it. That's mm. really the fun part is right. when you're not looking at a brochure, you're not looking at a PowerPoint, you're actually finding it in your neighborhood. Wow. So... Um, if you follow us on Facebook or sign up for the newsletter at findingtheflint.org, you'll be updated on when these tours happen. Mm. We've organized a number of cleanup days where we get community members out there nice. pulling tires out of the Flint, pulling oh. trash out of the Flint. You've done a lot of that, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But there's there's something about like uh, recognizing that this is a creek that's connected all across the state, mm. um, that all these waters are connected, and we can take um, care of the the little piece that's in our backyard. It feels really good. In addition to that, um, we are creating in 2019 a water quality monitoring program mm. where community members can be part of an ongoing effort to test the waters that flow through their neighborhood nice. for working with um, Georgia EPD, the standards that they set out. So oh, you can test yeah. for bacteria, for chemical pollution, mm. because we want more neighbors to understand what's in the creeks and waterways. In a lot of ways, you see the creeks and they're alive. There's fish in them. Right. You right. Under, I mean, there's <laughs> frogs. I've seen all kinds of wildlife in East Point of all places. Wow. Um, in East Point. That's right. <laughs> Ooh, 
Okay. So we, we've, um, through our website and through Facebook, we have a number of different community engagement activities, but we're coming up on the point where we want community input on design. All right. As we start to have projects that are breaking ground, these trails, these model mm-hmm. miles getting mm-hmm. underway, we want to hear from community members who are going to use these trails. I love it. And who want to be part of the future of making these places. It's not just an idea to restore the river, but it's like give pieces back to That's communities. Right. That's huge, Hannah. I mean, civic and community engagement is extremely important. Uh, because that's who we're trying to impact, right? I mean, the true quality of life mm-hmm. for those, all of us who live, work, and play. And so when you you can actually be engaged and have input, and once it comes to fruition, you know, you feel a part of it, and you can really embrace it. And so I love the fact that you're advocating, uh, continue to advocate mm-hmm. for civic and community engagement. So I'm It'll I hope make, our listeners are hearing that. It'll make a better project in the long run because mm-hmm. community members are going to own these spaces. That's right. They're going to take care of them into the future. They're going to bring their kids and grandkids there to mm-hmm. see the river. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell the story. We want them to be proud of it and be part of every step of the way. So I love how you transitioned into our communities. What should our listeners expect next from Finding the Flint? Any uh, activities or meetings or any initiatives that they should be aware of uh, that you would like to, for our listeners to hear about? Well, uh, specifically, we, we have our working group meetings, mm-hmm. and that's generally mm-hmm. stakeholders who can come to a Tuesday 10 o'clock meeting. We're also starting the same series of monthly community meetings. Nice. And we're hoping to get the first one announcement for that. It's going to be in East Point, hopefully nice. in March. Okay. Also, um, ongoing community tours, cleanups. Uh, we have a water quality monitoring workshop scheduled for February 23rd. Mm. That'll be in East Point. You can sign up. It's a free workshop. We're even going to provide lunch because it's a long training. It's a it's a pretty serious training. I can believe it. Trust me. So those are like the immediate things happening just first quarter. Wow. Just for the community. But wow, the wow. really exciting stuff is I hope we'll have some uh, golden shovel moments, groundbreakings <laughs> coming up. Again, too early to announce anything like that, but I feel like 2019, there's at least uh, a couple of those that are going to be so happening. Too. Oh, trust me. Were you behind the wheel? I'm sure it will. Another exciting, and you mentioned a lot of exciting things, but let's let's allow our listeners to hear about uh, your new book. Uh, well, I, w- I still feel like it's new because I now have it, and mm-hmm. so I just cracked it open. Uh, thanks to Gerald McDowell, my good friend next door. Uh, matter of fact, I've got pictures of you signing a few. I got to send over to you. Uh, help our listeners understand how they can get a copy of your book or get access, because I think you it would be it would behoove our listeners not to. Uh, understand kind of the history mm-hmm. uh, before now picking up moving forward with a lot of the Greenway, Finding the Flint, all the efforts that are happening in our region. I know. I'm surprised more people haven't written books about the Atlanta airport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is a memoir. It's called Flight Path, A Search for Roots Beneath the World's Busiest Airport. It's a very mm-hmm. personal story of my mm-hmm. own family history in the airport mm-hmm. area. And it kind of traces the places where we lived and how they were changed just during my lifetime. Um, I wrote it as my master's thesis. It was published um, by a small independent press actually in Spartanburg, South Carolina called Hub City. Wow. Yeah. So I like to point that out because it's an Atlanta story, but there's some universal themes here. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you don't have to be from Atlanta to recognize, you know, how the South is changing and to feel somewhat, um, you know, confused about that Mm -hmm. and uh, to ponder like how home is always changing. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, it was definitely a, a, a research into my own family history. But as I started learning about these houses where I lived, I realized there's hundreds and hundreds of other families, Southside families, who 
hear this story in their own family history. Mm. So it's it's kind of a historical memoir. Um, I like to say that because finding the Flint has been fun because it builds off of all that research. Mm-hmm. It builds on those deep roots I have in Clayton County and Southside Atlanta and the love I have for this place to try to think about, okay, so that's the past. Mm-hmm. Now we have the world's busiest airport. We yep. have a growing and gentrifying Atlanta. Mm-hmm. How do we start to envision um, the future of the airport area for my kids and my grandkids and yours too? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Listen, as you guys can hear, Clayton County stand up. I mean, Hannah Palmer uh, is a true visionary. She is, uh, if anyone who knows her have come in contact with her, you, you grow to love her quickly. And so I hope our listeners were able to also understand uh, the efforts behind Finding the Flint and uh, how connected you are, not only just to this movement, but just Mm -hmm. to this area in general. Mm -hmm. And so this is personal. Uh, Mm -hmm. This isn't just business. This is also personal. So I want to thank you, Hannah, for joining us today. Anything that we may have not talked about uh, that you would like our listeners to know? Uh, Any lasting information for our listeners? Well, I just want to say that you know, for me, this project has been fun because I have even deeper roots now and deeper admiration and respect for the, the cultural history and the mm-hmm. natural history of this area. And even if you don't live in the airport area and the Flint River watershed, I say find out what your watershed is. Mm-hmm. Find out what that creek is that doesn't have a name that's right behind, you know, your work or your house. Um, there's there's a lot of meaning in knowing the names and, like, the impacts of those uh, those creeks and rivers. So, Get out there and find, if it's not the Flint, find the whatever, the, the creek is in your backyard. <laughs> well, how about that Camp Creek, right? We, you here know, we are. <laughs> here we are. You know, sitting at uh, State of the Aerotropolis, you and Kirsten Moat did a great job. <laughs> and uh, it made me think about the creek under Camp Creek, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, but listen, great, great uh, input uh, for our listeners. Do some research. Let's figure it out. Get into detail. And we look forward to seeing you at the next working meeting, working group meeting, mm-hmm. Uh Website again, Hannah, for our listeners? Oh, right. It's uh, findingtheflint.org, and there you can learn a little bit about the history of the Flint. Uh, there's downloadable maps if you want to get out and find it yourself. There's also a sign-up for uh, the newsletter so you can get information about you know upcoming events. And then we're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, if you want to um, engage with us that way. Awesome, awesome. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. Uh, Always great being in your presence. And for our listeners, um, you know we like to deliver firsthand information uh, where you can hear it here first. And you were able to see Hannah Palmer uh, grace this mic and give you all this great information about finding the Flint. And so if you want to find more information about us as well, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and also, feel free to email us if, you, if there are some questions that you may want to know more about or want to engage more into our podcast. Email us at info at aeroatl.org. That's A-E-R-O-A-T-L dot org. Follow our website, www.aeroatl.org. And again, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Hannah, I want to thank you again for taking the time out of your busy day. Uh, to spend time on our podcast and and embrace our listeners with great information. And uh, press rewind if you want to hear more, okay? Again, (laughs) Shannon James, your president and CEO of the Aerotropolis Atlanta Alliance, where we want to help you land here and take off. (laughs) 